Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Daily, I mean, The Drive podcast. You know, after about 500 episodes, it's just going to take me a minute to uh, get that changed down. <laughs> yes, this is the Drive Podcast. I'm Josh Downs. Happy Monday. Welcome to another week. Uh, I'm excited to, to be here once again with you and, and to share a message that I'm super excited about. Today's episode is going to be episode 505, There Is Always Hope. And that's the reason I'm so excited about sharing this episode today is because I love hope. I need hope, right? We all need hope. And I think in our world today, we are suffering from a severe lack of hope. In fact, I personally experienced that here just recently. And I just wanted to to start off by telling you a little bit about that experience. As you know, I've mentioned a couple times I've, I've left my job. I'm pursuing what I'm doing here full time, and it's it's a struggle. And uh, but it's a struggle I I would not you know trade for the world. I've been learning and growing in in ways that I don't think I could have otherwise. However, um, there are some days where it just gets gets hard and it gets uh, tiring, and uh, I feel exhausted. And uh, coupled with some other things just been going on personally, some challenges. Um, I felt myself getting really down last week. And um, you know how when you have friends that call or, you know, acquaintances, you always use your happy and upbeat voice, <laughs> you know, but then when it's like your family or, you know, especially your mom or dad, you, you kind of, you let how you really feel out uh, of, of your mouth, right, of, of you, that's, that's what kind of happened. My mom called um, to check on me. It was right around my, my birthday, just see how I was doing. And, uh, and I didn't hold back how I was feeling. <laughs> and she could tell pretty quick that I, I, was, I was struggling. And, uh, and as I kind of expressed that to her in that moment, I, I found myself even saying something like, you know, Mom, I think I just, I just want to give up. I just want to give up. And the truth is, I, I think there was some of that in that moment. I, I just I was. I was tired. I was exhausted. Things have not been happening as quickly as I wanted them to be. And, uh, and that's where I was. And that's what I felt. And, um, of course, she did her best to cheer me up in that moment. But I, I wasn't having anything to do with it. I, I was not going to allow anyone to make me feel better. I wanted to sit in my frustration and my anger my pain. And, uh, and that was that. Um, thank goodness, right, that God created days and nights um, because it gives us an opportunity to kind of reset every day. And, boy, do we need that. And I was thankful to have the opportunity to, to go to bed, dismiss all that I was you know, feeling and thinking and struggling with, and then wake up the next morning with that rejuvenated you know, energy that sometimes can help us push through some of those depressing and discouraging moments. Although there was still a little bit, I, I was having a little bit of, of a depression hangover, I guess you could say. It, it kind of had pushed through the morning a little bit and started to settle on me again. As I was driving to uh, the gym that morning, um, I, I got a message on my cell phone, and I looked down, and of course, it was from my mother, and she had sent me a talk, a, a, a video clip, really, of, of a talk from Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, a very well-known and beloved leader in my faith, 
and a clip from a talk that he had given just recently in a worldwide broadcast to youth. And of all things, it was titled The Brightness of Hope. And at first I was a little hesitant, like, oh, here's mom just trying to, you know, fix things. But I thought, you know what, I got a little bit of time to get to the gym. I I might as well just hit play. So I did. And uh, I'll tell you, the things that I heard and the, the message that was shared was exactly what I needed to hear. And I was so grateful in that moment for a mother that knew that I needed some encouragement and sent me something like that. To, to share with me. And as I had that experience, I thought, I need to do more of this myself. Hopefully, right, a lot of these messages and episodes have been doing that and, and hoping, I, I hope that they have been feel, filling your life with, with hope, right? But I don't know that I've really just had an episode purely dedicated to hope. And so super excited to share this with you today and share a lot of things that my mother shared with me that really helped pick me up from a pretty dark and, and depressing, discouraging kind of spot that I was in. As I mentioned, this talk was from Elder Holland, and he centered his message on a scripture that simply says that we can and, and must press forward with a, steadfa- a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. And of course, his focus was on having a perfect brightness of hope and what exactly that means. And in this message of his, he says, that brightness of hope, born of love for God and all men, that's what we want for every one of you in the new year. Accompanying that bright hope will be the undeniable whisper that God loves you, (laughs) that Christ is your advocate, that the gospel is true. Its brightness will remind you that in the gospel There is always, every day, every hour, a new chance, a new life, a new year. What a miracle that is. What a gift. And because of Christ's gift, the best things in life are ours if we steadfastly keep believing and keep trying and keep hoping. (laughs) You know, it's been said that you need to hear something between about seven to ten times before it sticks. Well, there's a phrase that I'm going to be repeating as often as I possibly can I'm hoping to get well beyond 10 times. I'm, I'm looking for 15 to 20 because I want it to stick with each and every one of you listening today. And that phrase is simply that there is always hope. There is always hope. Elder Holland's wife also spoke on and offered some great counsel in this, this meeting. She said, please have faith in God. Hope that he will help you and receive the, the charity that enables him to work through you to accomplish what only you can do. And then she said this little gem that I just love. She said, you can't get these blessings, I'm assuming the ones that you want, right, by chasing them. She concluded that, please stop running to the point of exhaustion. (laughs) Be quiet, be still, simplify, be meek and lowly of heart and pray. I testify that miracles will come when we slow down, when we calm down, when we kneel down, All that the Father has can one day be yours. What a truly hopeful way to face your future. That message for me, again, was exactly what I needed to hear. I think sometimes working as hard as we work uh, shows a little bit of a lack of hope, right? We are trying to force things. We're trying to control things. Uh, We we don't have the, the hope and the faith that things will work out the way that we want. And so sometimes we try to do too much. 
And I loved her, her simple thought of just trying to slow down and, and have more hope and be believing. I was so thankful again for that, that message. I, I'm learning and, and recognizing, especially in talking with others, working with others, that I'm not alone in having some very hopeless days, right? This really, in my opinion, is becoming one of the most difficult periods to be alive. There is hurt and there is suffering and there is a lack of hope everywhere. I have several friends who are counselors and therapists and not one of them has told me that they don't have months worth of a waiting list, that you can't get in to see a counselor or therapist for three to five months sometimes. I think we're all looking for help. We're looking for hope to face a lot of these uncertain and challenging times that we're in. Well, my simple message to you is that there is always hope. First, I want to define what hope is. I think that's important to understand it. And I came across an incredible talk that I would highly recommend from Elder John H. Groberg titled, There is Always Hope. And I'll do my best to put a link to it on my website. But this is what he said about what hope is. What is hope? I suppose that it is like trying to define faith or love. It is very difficult. But we can use some examples. And I love this example. He says, near as I can tell, hope is light. It is a light within us that pierces the darkness of doubt and discouragement and taps into the light, hope of all creation, even the Savior. And the more I thought about it, I thought that is such a great way to to kind of better understand what hope is. It really is like a light. I remember once when I was little, just uh, watching TV in the basement of my house and the power went out and it was completely pitch black. And I remember just feeling feelings of, of being terrified and fear and, and alone and confusion. What am I going to do? And I couldn't even see my way to, to get to the stairs, to go upstairs. And as I sat there in the dark with that fear, all of a sudden I noticed a small light coming kind of down the hallway a little bit. My mother had lit a candle and was coming to find me in the dark. And the the comfort and the warmth of that light gave me hope that everything was going to be okay. Hope is light. And hope is also Christ. And that's the, the synonym, I think, that I'd like to impress upon your mind the most. Uh, I think that in some instances, we may be able to substitute the word hope for light and get some understanding in the scriptures. As an example, when we talk about Christ as being the light of the world, what a beautiful substitution to make because he is also the hope of the world. Another one is that the Lord sent the everlasting gospel to be a light unto the Gentiles. How about to be a hope to the Gentiles? Or the Spirit giveth light to every man. How about the Spirit giveth hope to every man? (laughs) Christ is the true light that is in all men. Well, Christ is also the true hope that is in all men. So hope is light and hope is Christ. And we can never cut that thread that connects us to him, no matter how hard things get or else we will lose light and lose hope because he is the source of both. Now, what are some signs of having true hope? I think it's important that we look for these and recognize these so we can tell one when they're in us, when they're in others, and if they're not, what we can do to, to better cultivate them and bring them in, into our lives. What are some of the signs of true hope? Well, of course, calmness and optimism are, are things that are the opposite, right, of being downhearted and being discouraged. 
Elder Groberg said this, and this is a very powerful statement. I want you to, to listen and absorb this thought. He said that you can almost measure the level of hope that you have in the Savior by the depth and frequency of depression and discouragement you allow yourself to sink into. Boy, I needed to hear that one because I think that is so true and, and such a profound thought. You can almost measure the level of hope that you have in the Savior by the depth and frequency of depression and discouragement that you allow yourself to sink into. It's not that we won't have some depression and some discouragement, right? But I, I think our hope in Christ is what can pull us out of those things more quickly. Because depression and discouragement kind of feed on themselves, right? You can all imagine how Satan just loves to put thoughts in our heads like, you can't do this, you're not good enough, you're not going to be successful, you ought to just give up, you're not worth it, right? However, hope has the opposite effect. It regenerates more hope. In the same way, I'm sure you can imagine how the Savior is whispering to each of us, you can do this, (laughs) keep going, don't give up. There are good things ahead. Trust me. Keep moving forward. You got this. Right? And one of the things that I've learned is that in order for hope to really be hope, it also must extend beyond this life. If all hope is just in this life, right? As Paul indicated, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. And that's because not everything will be fixed in this life, right? I'm, I'm in a situation and a moment in time in my life where I can't see how things will fully come together the way that I want to, want them to, but I am trusting and I have hope now still because I am looking beyond this life. And I think that's a, a gift and something that we need to develop in, in each of us, the capacity to look for res- resolution, for restitution, beyond just this life. When we do that, it can help us have greater hope. Because if we if we have to count on everything being fixed in this life, then yes, we will be very disappointed and most miserable. Uh, another sign of true hope that Elder Goldberg points out is that if we have hope, we won't be found judging other people. And I think that is a great, profound statement as well. That's another sign of hope. We, instead of condemning people and looking for quick justice and resolution from the the hurt and the pain that they've caused us in in payment, you know, penalty for what they've done, hope can help us to move to a point where we want them to change. We have a hope that they can do better, hope that they can correct their mistakes. We give them place to, to be less than what we want them to be because we're less than where we want to be as well. And it helps us to be more patient with one another and to give opportunities for for people to change, to repent, and to fix the things that they've done and trust that in the end it will all be okay and that if there is justice to be given and to be done, that it will come in the right time in the right way and it will come through God. And I love that, that thought. And to kind of play off of that a little, if a sign of hope is not judging other people, then it would also stand to reason that a sign of hope is to not be so judgmental on ourselves. You know, to give ourselves grace and space as well to make mistakes and to be less than perfect. That is what hope can offer each and every one of us. And, you know, one of the things I've I've come across is just how hard on themselves parents are, especially when it comes to their kids. And Elder Grober gave a great 
quote and uh, as part of that that I want to just share with with you here now, especially if you have kids that may be struggling or are a little wayward in, in terms of the way that you would hope or want them to go. He said, you parents of the willful and wayward, don't give up on them. Don't cast them off. They are not utterly lost. The shepherd will find a sheep. They were his before they were yours. Long before he entrusted them to your care, and you cannot begin to love them as he loves them. Our Heavenly Father is far more merciful, infinitely more charitable than even the best of his servants. And the everlasting gospel is mightier in power to save than our narrow, finite minds can comprehend. There is always hope. And one of Satan's ultimate weapons, if not the ultimate weapon, is to remove hope from your life. He will try to convince you and me that we can't do it, that there is no hope. And by removing hope, do you see what he's doing? He removes Christ from your life. For again, Christ is hope. And so there's always hope. Satan can never quite accomplish that fully as much as he tries. At least not here because it's a lie. There is hope built within each of us because we all carry the light of Christ in us. And so again, there's always hope. On the other hand, the thing Satan cannot fight and he cannot overcome is one who is full of hope because he is then full of the Spirit of Christ. And when that hope is perfected or full, then, as Elder Groberg says, Satan has lost completely. That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of hope I want to have. He also points out that another sign of hope is the ability to encourage others. And I think that is a phenomenal one. We all can do better at that, right? He points out that if we're ever found causing discouragement in somebody, telling somebody that they can't do it or that they're not good enough or we don't express belief and support in them, then we're moving in the wrong direction because if we're moving towards Christ, we will always be found encouraging others. Just like my mom who encouraged me. And mom, let me take the opportunity to tell you thank you for encouraging me to keep going and to keep trying. Now, how to build hope. Let's talk about this for just a moment. I I think a couple key points to know is that it doesn't come all at once. There's not just a switch that you can flip and have an infinite infinite supply of hope. It comes a little at a time, kind of like going to the gym, right? You got to work for it. Um, You can do things like pray, uh, ask for it, right? Reading scriptures. I, I love reading scriptures because every story is basically filled with hope. It is a story about hope. Just about every story that you come across, if you look, you will find elements of hope. And they should, therefore, fill us with hope as well. I think it's important to to surround ourselves by hope-filled people because hope is contagious. When we serve others too, there's something about serving that just creates joy and, and hope in us also. And of course, repentance. And I think this is an important one to understand because sin kills hope. And I've had to come to learn this myself through my life. There is a verse of scripture that says, Except ye have charity, ye can in no wise be saved in the kingdom of God. We know that charity is is everything, right? It's so important. It also says, though, that neither can ye be saved in the kingdom of God if ye have not faith. Neither can ye be saved in the kingdom of God if ye have no hope. And then it's pointed out this. And if ye have no hope, ye must needs be in despair. And despair cometh because of iniquity. And you know, if I'm honest with myself, looking back on my life, those times where I've been in the greatest despair 
has also been those times where I've been caught up in the greatest iniquity in my life. Elder Holland said that sin is the greatest enemy of hope and happiness that I know of. That's why repentance is so wonderful. And that's the good news of the gospel. And that's why there is always hope, because there's always the opportunity to repent. In fact, that's the message that Elder David A. Bednar gave to a group of missionaries recently who were going out into the world. He implored them to go out sharing the message of the good news of the gospel, that the good news of the gospel is that this is just not a gospel of second chances, which we sometimes hear it referred to as. He said, no, it's the gospel of unlimited chances. And I love that thought. Now, if you ever find yourself, or when you find yourself, in a situation where you need hope and you need it quickly, one of the best places I know of to turn to is the life of Christ. As he says, learn of me and you shall find rest, which I think is also another way of saying you shall find hope. His life and the way that he lived and the things that he did and the things that he taught should give us all hope. I love the story of the four friends who had a friend that was lame and they had a hope that by bringing him to Christ, he could be healed. They had to work for it. They had to lower him through the roof, tear the roof apart to get him to Christ. But their hope kept them moving forward despite the difficulties until that blessing came. There's a great story about Jarius' daughter who was sick and he came to Christ to receive help and and to get her to, to be healed, but on the way found that she had died. Talk about a hopeless situation. But Christ, again with Christ, there is always hope. And he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. On the way to perform that amazing miracle, there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Had spent everything that she had, seen every doctor, and still was not better. That could have been a very hopeless situation. Yet, she still had hope that if she could just touch Christ's the hem of his garment, that she'd be made whole because there was always hope. And one of my favorite examples has to be that of Peter, who on the night of Christ's arrest was found denying him three times. Can you imagine how Peter must have felt that third and final time after denying Christ and then hearing that the cock crow and recognizing that the Savior had told him that that would happen and that he would deny him and then making eye contact with Christ? Elder Groberg shares a very powerful thought about that moment. He said, think about it. How could he feel any worse? Denying the Savior? How could you be more down on yourself? How could you be more discouraged? Why then did Peter come back and become the strength that he was? Some people think that there was a look of anguish or distrust on the Savior's face as he looked at Peter at that critical moment. I know I've always pictured it that way. Kind of a look of disappointment, like, oh, how could you do this to me? But, as Elder Groberg says, I testify to you that while there can be some sternness in the Savior, the Savior I know (laughs) is a kind, smiling, helpful Savior, one who constantly encourages. And he did thus with Peter. His look to Peter would have said, Come to me. Come home to hope. You know better. You can do better. You will do better. There is always hope. There is always hope in me. (laughs) Elder Groberg lived that kind of experience when he shared an example while interviewing a missionary as a general authority that was looking to go out in the mission field, but upon the interview discovered that this young woman had so many problems and made so many mistakes that 
he was a former mission president and couldn't help but think like as a mission president, there'd be no way that I would want this missionary in my mission. She just had so much to work on, to repent of, to change. And and yet she was so hopeful about serving a mission. So he said, let's give it a couple weeks. We'll meet again. And if you still want to go, we'll, we'll take a look at it then. Well, during that time period, he mentions that he had to travel to a, a, another place for a conference a couple hundred miles away. And while he was there, he was invited to attend an extended family get-together and dinner, to which he agreed. And long story short, what he came to find out is one of the aunts was standing up at the end of that meeting, just kind of giving a, a report on their family, that it ended up being the, the very family of this young woman that he had interviewed. And one of the things that this grandmother was saying is that, as you all know, this granddaughter of ours has really been struggling. We've been praying, we've been fasting, we're hoping that she can get on a mission. <laughs> that was all the sign that he needed, right? The power of hope. And so the next time he met with this young woman, he, of course, approved her to go. And she ended up serving a relatively wonderful mission. He said he kind of lost contact with her. But as he recognized the time was getting close for her to return home and he wanted to check in with her, before he got a chance to, he got a phone call. And the phone call was from her religious leader, her state president, and he said, Elder Groberg, I, I have some bad news. To which he said, okay, what, what is it? This was a month before she was supposed to, to come home. He said that our friend, this young woman, is home early, excommunicated, one month before her mission was up. Elder Groberg said that she was a determined and repentant girl and came in and wanted to apologize to him. She said, I blew it and I'm sorry. He said, as I recall, it was a busy time. There could have been a feeling of, well, I guess we shouldn't have tried that, but that wasn't the feeling. The feeling he said I had when I talked to her was, don't forget, there's always hope. Keep trying. He said, there were so many problems you can't imagine. A change of mission president, a change of stake president, papers getting lost, years went by. But I kept in touch, and little by little, things came together. She married a fine young man, and not very long ago, he said, I had the opportunity of sealing her and her husband and her two little children in the temple. It took years, and there was a lot of pain. And as I looked down upon that beautiful, tear-stained face, so full of joy and love, and especially of hope, I softly breathed those beautiful words that had meant so much to us so long ago. You see, there is always hope. Such a beautiful story and experience. Stephen L. Richards once said, Let no brother or sister in the whole family of God feel he or she has gone beyond the point where error and sin may be left behind and true repentance enlighten the soul with hope and faith. You see, there's always hope. Those who ask the planet of question, is there any hope for me? The answer is a resounding yes, 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 because there's always hope. Reverberating through all eternity, all creation exults in Christ. There is always hope. The world needs hope more than ever before. Our families need hope. Our kids need hope. Our neighbors need hope. Work colleagues, even strangers, could all use a little dose of hope now and then. I believe when the Savior invites us to let our light shine, He is asking us to spread the light of hope to those in dark places. And we should be ready to do it often, as Peter implores us to do. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. 
I promise that as you work on developing a more hopeful heart and mind, that others will be drawn to that light, to that hope, because they'll want to have it themselves. And you can give it to them by pointing them to Christ. Belief in Him is more than just passive positivity or mental mindfulness. We are seeing the effects of the loss of hope when it is placed in those kinds of things. True, practicing mindfulness and positivity can help. But only Christ can fully heal. Only He can turn true darkness to light. Because He is the light. Only He can show us the way out of darkness because He is the way. Only He can bring hope to our lives because He is the hope of Israel. His hope can transcend any problem that we can possibly experience in mortality. And that is truth, because He is the truth. If you've been feeling down, resolve today to look up. Study His life. Watch what He did. Look for what He's doing for you now. There's always hope, because He is always there. Just standing at the door sometimes, waiting for us to open our lives and hearts to Him, so that He can come in and fill them with light and fill them with hope. Now, as a reminder, I put a lesson plan together to coincide with this and every other episode this year. And if there's one that I would hope that you would get for yourself and your family, it would be this one. This one about hope and how to better teach it, discuss it, and get it into the hearts of those you love. Trust me, you're going to love it. Now, you can find that and all of them on my website, joshdowns.com, under resources. You can also find them on my weekly newsletter, which if you haven't subscribed to it, please do. And finally, you can always find a link to these lesson plans in my podcast notes on whatever app that you listen to this podcast on. Now, have a great week, everybody, a week filled with hope. And as a final test, what was the phrase that I have repeated or tried to repeat the most through this podcast? If what came to your mind is there is always hope, you got it. Because there is always hope. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to The Drive.